On today's episode of the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, I will be speaking about systems, particularly entrepreneurial systems and how you can make the best of your business as a coach. You are listening to the Essential Coaching Skills Podcast, a show devoted to uncovering the systems and the secrets that set the best apart, where you learn how to take your coaching clients to the next level while you grow the coaching practice of your dreams. So sit back and relax, or sit up and get excited. Either way, you might want to pay attention. This could be important. Hello there, Doug O'Brien here. Today I'm going to be talking to you about systems. Now I know, well, I know, I, I hope that you know that this sort of subtitle of this Essential Coaching Skills podcast is The Secrets and the Systems that Set the Best Apart. And so we haven't talked too much about systems. So today I'm going to. And the reason for that is that there's a lot of systems that go into a successful business that a lot of times people overlook. And so I'm going to take, uh, (laughs) I feel like a, a minister I'll be preaching on the passage from the good book, uh, chapters two through four. Now, it's the uh, the good book that I'll be quoting from is called the E Myth. The E Myth. It's written by a man named Michael Gerber. And um, with all apologies to Michael Gerber, I'm going to save you a lot of trouble that you won't have to read the book after listening to today's podcast. It's a very good book. I don't mean to put it down at all. I just personally thought maybe this is a reflection of me and my shallowness. I don't know. But I personally thought that uh, I got the concept after the first chapter. And after that, it was kind of reiterating the same concept over and over again. It's a very, very good concept, which is why I'm talking about it. And it probably is a very good book to read. It's well written. Hey, why not? And the basic concept is this. E-myth stands for the entrepreneurial myth. The entrepreneurial myth. In other words, you start your own business, you're an entrepreneur, right? Wrong. That's the myth. That's the myth about it. What Michael Gerber is saying, he uses this example, basically. He says, let's say Joe is a great mechanic and he works down at the Sunoco station at the, at the intersection of Main Street and Central Avenue, right? It's a pretty good location for a gas station or anything else. Main Street and Central Avenue, come on. Location, location, location. That's got to be good. So he's the mechanic there. And people come to the Sunoco station to to have their cars worked on because he is so good. He knows that. Everybody knows that. So finally, one day, he says, you know, I've had it being just the guy who works at, at Sunoco. I'm going to start my own business. So he finds a location. He opens Joe's Garage, right, somewhere down on... Uh, uh, Latimer and 14th street. I'm making this up. I have no idea where that is, but, um, not main street, but that doesn't matter. Location doesn't matter. What, what matters is that he starts his own business, Joe's garage. Now you'd think that he is now therefore an entrepreneur. He is a solo businessman, right? So he's an entrepreneur by definition, right? Well, according to Michael Gerber, no, what he is now is an overworked technician as a mechanic. He's a technician. He, he, he knows all the technical skills of how to put the car together. He could take it apart, put it back together again. You know, he, he knows it all. 
He's a technician. He's really good at those things. And now he's an overworked technician. Why? Because he's got all this other stuff to do too. Besides being a mechanic, he's got to do the the books. He's got to do the paperwork. He's got to do the the advertising. He's got to clean up afterwards, you know, and order parts. And he has to do all this stuff that he never had to do before. Right? Because he just showed up and did the mechanic stuff and, you know, Sunoco and the managers of that station and everybody else took care of everything else, answered the phones, et cetera. Now he's got to do it all. So he's an overworked technician. That's the major point of the book. It's that don't be an overworked technician. What an entrepreneur is, is somebody who creates systems. An entrepreneur is somebody like Roy Kroc, I think that was his name, who started McDonald's, who, who bought McDonald's from probably some guy named McDonald, I'm guessing. Um, I don't actually know for sure. I'd have to reread the book to know, but I'm not going to do that. Um, <laughs> but you probably know. You can Google it if you want to know. But anyway, um, this this fella, let's just say his name is Kroc. I think that's right. Um, started McDonald's and as a, as a, as a, what do you call it? As a chain, right? He, 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 he developed it so that it became a systematized thing. He created systems for doing McDonald's. So that means once you get it down, once you get like, okay, this is how big the, the patty is, has so many pickles you put on it. This is how many, you know, sesame seeds on that sesame seed bun. You know, this is how you wrap it. This is what a milkshake it consists of. This is how you make the milkshake. When you have the systems down, then you can get any number of different technicians, including, of course, untrained people out of high school to do those jobs. It's systematized. You know, it's kind of, they just show up and learn the system and they can do it. And you can swap out the different parts. You can get another kid out of high school to do the same thing and nobody will notice. They'll walk into McDonald's and it'll be the same burger that they would have gotten on Tuesday. I'm glad they pay you Tuesday for a hamburger today. Um, that's dating myself, as I'm sure some of you are well aware of that quote. And some of you are going like, what is he talking about? What's that? Um, <laughs> but yes, yeah, seriously now, folks, the um, burgers are going to be the same no matter when you go in or what McDonald's you go to. You can go into any McDonald's in the world and you can be sure you're going to get the same fine quality restaurant food wherever you go in in the world it's going to be mcdonald's and that's the point that's what an entrepreneur does he creates or she creates those systems that make it that thing so one of the chapters in the book uh mr gerber gives this example he says what if you could buy a, a business and there was a business like the 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 best florist in town, the best florist in town does these gorgeous arrangements. You know, you, you can, you've never seen better flower arrangements. This is all because this highly talented guy who's been there for forever. Um, Marvin, the marvelous Marvin flower arranger who, who does these arrangements and, and that business is up for sale and it, and it, and it comes with Marvin. He, he will come with the business. Um, so you could buy that. It's for sale. The, the owners have, have gotten old enough to retire and they are moving to Florida or something and, and you could buy that business. Or you could buy this business that's a, basically a kiosk in the mall. 
Now, of course, this book was written a few years ago when they had those sorts of things. Um, let's just pretend it is that same sort of world today where you can have malls and kiosks in them where uh, it's a florist kiosk. And what you get is a, a cart and you get a, a, a cash machine, cash register, and electricity and a place in the mall to put it. And you get a manual. You get this like 500 page manual of how to do every job to make this kiosk work. So which business would you buy? Now, what Michael Gerber is saying is, of course, you would buy the kiosk business because otherwise, what are you going to do? You're going to buy this, this well-established florist that is dependent on this one very talented technician, but there's no systems involved. So if that technician also gets old enough to retire and moves on and says, Hey, I'm going to go down to Florida with those other guys. Um, now what? Now you got a, a building. It says florist on the front, but there's nobody who's going to do those flower arrangements. Nobody like, you know, the marvelous Marvin who just left. Right. So what would be better to buy that kiosk? Because not are you getting the kiosk, you can get kiosks. You can buy those carts. Right. What you're getting is the manual. You're getting the manual with all those systems in it. So once you got that thing, then you can build a manual. You can build a kiosk in every mall in the county, every mall in the country. You can put a kiosk because you know how to do it and you can, you know, mass produce those, those manuals and, you know, have a turnkey operation and sell your, your franchise, sell your chain. You've got a chain of kiosks in every mall in the country. That's how you run a business. That is, that's being an entrepreneur. That's being an entrepreneur. So how does this relate to us? How does this relate to coaching? Well, if you're like me, then you are an overworked technician, <laughs> basically, right? Because what am I doing? I'm, I'm sitting here recording a podcast, and it's, in a few hours, I've got a coaching call. People call in, and I talk to them for an hour, right? I've got a full day of those. I'm, I'm teaching classes on Tuesdays, Wednesdays, and Thursdays. You know, I'm, I'm busy. I'm busy. I sent out some emails last night at like 1130 PM, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm a busy dude. And, and why? Because I'm a solopreneur. I'm it. I'm, I'm, I'm it. There's no systems. There's no manual. There's no uh, kid out of high school flipping the burgers. You know, this is, it's me. And if you're anything like me, you're it too. And you do the marketing and you do the sweeping up afterwards and you do the everything. Now, I'm slightly more systematized than I'm, I'm letting on. I do have some folks who handle things like on my website and et cetera. Um, there's a guy that I'm incredibly grateful to and for uh, who, who takes these recordings that I do and actually edits them and puts them up on the website. So there's, there's that, you know, so there are a few systems in place. Don't get me wrong. Um, and when it comes to coaching, Thinking systems-wise is very, very important if we're going to have a longevity and a successful business as a coach. Let me give you an example. Uh, a few weeks back, uh, I had the second interview, the only time so far uh, that I've had two, two interviews of the same person. Uh, you can check back if you haven't listened to him with Bill Baker, Dr. Bill Baker. Bill's a good friend of mine, but I met him a long time ago. 
when he was uh, first, I think, maybe, I think first time, he did what's known as a ropes course at an Anthony Robbins uh, NLP certification course. It was literally an NLP certification course. And this ropes course was this, was this feature. Now, you have heard of Tony probably. He does these things like firewalks and stuff, or these kind of, you know, events, these things that take place, kind of physical metaphors for overcoming your fears. Prove it, you know, by walking across hot burning coals barefoot. You know, so these, these, these ropes courses is something like this. You, you climb to the top of a 40-foot telephone pole, you know, you, you, you stand up on the top of it and you jump off it to try to catch a trapeze that's suspended between two other telephone poles. Of course, you have a harness on and you're being, um, you know, carefully belayed by expert belayers. Uh, I think I'm using that word correctly. People who are manning the ropes so that you don't die, whether you catch the trapeze or not, because if you catch the trapeze, you still got to get down from there. Right. So, um, Bill was running that with his, his partner, Terry Henderson, but it was fantastic. It was fantastic. And it was a great physical metaphor. So um, Bill went from doing that to being a uh, coach for the Tony Robbins coaching division. You heard that right. Tony Robbins coaching division. So Tony, just like me, (laughs) yeah, just like me, um, does coaching and does seminars. We're identical in that way and that we both do these things, both related to personal growth and NLP, although he stopped calling what he does NLP a long time ago. Um, That's another story, but he calls it NAC, neuroassociative conditioning, basically the same things with different, uh, well, it's different too. It's a long story. Never mind. any rate, Tony created systems. So if you want to get coached by Tony Robbins, you've got to have a lot of money. If he does that at all anymore, I'm not even sure if he does it, but he used to do coaching. You used to be able to hire him for a year of coaching for literally a million dollars. That's my memory. And I could be wrong, but that's, I believe what he said. And I think it's probably true that you could hire him for coaching for a million dollars. He found that kind of um, labor intensive, he didn't love doing that. And, uh, and so he ceased doing it. I'm pretty sure, but he created a system. He created a Robbins coaching system so that people could get coached, not by Tony himself necessarily, but by people that he trained to be coaches. One of which was Bill Baker. Now, Bill Baker is a PhD. He didn't really need a lot of training and how to be a coach, but other people do. So Tony created systems wherein people get certified, I guess, in the ICF, International Coaching Federation, I think is what that stands for. Um, And they also learn stuff from Tony, or or at least his trainers. You know, the systems that he's got put in place that makes a Tony Robbins trainer a Tony Robbins trainer. So he's doing exactly what I'm talking about as far as being an entrepreneur is concerned. He's created those systems. So if you call up. No, you're not going to get, it's not McDonald's, right? It's not going to be the same burger, no matter where you go. Different coaches, you know, Bill Baker was, like I said, a a PhD in, I think, uh, education or something, educational psychology, something like that. If you listen to the podcast, he'll tell you. Um, Right? So he is a very experienced man, 
um, who add coaching to the mix and you get a really wonderful coach. And then there are other people who are just starting out in coaching. So if you get, a, if you hire somebody at Tony Robbins coaching thing, you, you know, I believe there are different divisions. You can hire a, you know, super duper coach or a beginning coach. And still there will be a level of consistency there that's similar to McDonald's. I guess it's kind of like the difference between getting a, a single patty and a Big Mac or something. I guess there's an analogy that could be made. Nevertheless, um, there's a certain quality that you can be certain of or, or fairly certain about when you you know sign up there. There's that kind of system put into place. So while we may not be Tony Robbins, we want to do that sort of thing. We want to be thinking in that way and ask ourselves, how can we work on our business, not just in our business? And that, by the way, is probably chapter three of Michael Gerber's book. Um, and so I, I perhaps mentioned that you could get all of the concepts basically by reading the first chapter or so. And then um, a lot of it is reiteration of the same concept. But the idea certainly is that you need to spend time during your week, you know, to work on the business, not just always being working in the business, answering the phone calls, putting out those fires. You know, you want to set up a, a system for yourself to be working on the business sometimes. So what does that look like? What that looks like for me, as I'll tell you this, is I, I have had a consistent time for myself where I have done exactly that, where I've worked on the business. So I've set up Sunday evenings for myself. Sunday, Sunday evenings is where, you know, not much else is happening. And so I'll stop and I'll, I'll look through the computer. I'll look through my agenda, look through my to-do lists, and I'll say, okay, what, what do I need to do to make this better? What's, what's working? What's not working so great? How can I make this better? What, what is my goal for this week coming up? What do I have my sights set on? What are my intentions? I set intentions. I do processes with myself. I do self-coaching processes with myself on Sunday evening. I run through these different systems in order to make my overall business better. Where is it falling apart? Where does it need work? Um, every now and again, some of the systems that I've set up don't work so well. You know, like for instance, the, the online store, people buy products to download. Sometimes that doesn't work. And I get these irate emails from people say, hey, I ordered this thing and I haven't gotten it. Yet. What's going on? Right. So I have to figure out what's going on with that system. And I've got to, I've got to oil the spokes or there's another metaphor in the back of my mind there. That's another book. I, I'll tell you about this other book some other time. There's a, there's a book called um, Success is One Wish Away. I believe that is the title. I will find out the author before I make a mistake here on this public forum, because I, I'm pretty sure I have it. I could Google it. I could, I could just, you know what? I'm just going to pause the recording. So success is just one wish away is written by John Spolestra. Um, I'm not going to talk much about that right now. That's just where that other metaphor comes from, but I will talk about that one as well, because again, it's a very, very good book and you don't really have to read the whole thing. If you, if you, listen to my next podcast because I will talk about it. It's good though. Again, I wouldn't be talking about it at all if it wasn't good. So if you like reading books, then that's a good one. Um, 
John Spolestra is a, a basketball coach, or at least was one, as, as I recall correctly. And um, it's, uh, I was surprised to find out when I was trying to remember who wrote that book. And I looked it up and I said, wait a minute, isn't he a basketball coach? Because he was. But it's a good book. I don't know if he ghost wrote it or what, but it's very, very good. Basically, real quick, the idea there is no matter what you wish for, you still have to, if you, you know, if you wished for, uh, I'd love to have that Maserati or whatever, and you got it, you still have to do oil changes and, you know, oil the, grease the wheels and, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Do tune-ups. We need to do that in our business, basically, is what I'm talking about when it comes to these working on the business ideas rather than in the business. We need to do those oil changes. We need to do tune-ups. We need to work on the business. Now, you're doing that right now, aren't you? In some ways, you are doing that right now by listening to this podcast, aren't you? You're listening to a podcast that can help you improve your systems and tell you some secrets about how to make your coaching business better. And sometimes those of us who really care about doing a good product, you know, doing what we do well, we're like Joe, the mechanic, right? We work on our skill set. We work on our technical skill set, you know, how to be a better mechanic. That's okay. Nothing wrong with being the best mechanic or coach or whatever you can be. Nothing wrong with that at all. And is it working on the business? Is it working on the systems? Is this being an entrepreneur? Maybe, or maybe not. So you want to ask yourself those questions. You want to find out, is that true or not? Hmm, questions, interesting. I should do a podcast about questions, shouldn't I? Hmm, I wonder what that would look like or sound like in this case. That's just a little joke, because of course, you know, the past two podcasts have been about that. Nevertheless, so this, the question here is then how do you, how do you set apart time to make your systems better? How do you work on the business? And that's a question I'm going to leave you with. How are you doing it for you? I've described how I do it for me. I've described how Tony Robbins created a system for his coaching to be systematized and people could get, you know, pretty darn good coaching. Maybe not Tony Robbins himself, but Tony Robbins style coaching. And by the way, Tony Robbins makes a lot of money. Now our, our friend, Bill Baker, I'll include you in it. Cause if you listen to his, his podcast, you probably feel pretty close to him. He's a really wonderful guy has an ability to, to make you feel heard. That's why he was such a great coach. Um, he worked for years for Tony, right? He was one of Tony's higher executive coaches, if you will. So highest paid, you know, and you had to pay the most for his services. Um, but Tony took a good portion, if not the majority of the money that people paid for Bill's services went to Tony, right? It was Tony's business. It was the Robbins coaching services. And there's good reason for that, of course, because all those other systems have to be paid for, don't they? You've got to pay for those people to do the bookings of the times. You've got to pay for the marketing. You've got to, you know, you do. There's the thing about that is you do have to pay other people to do those tasks, to do those jobs. And sometimes it's worth it. Let me tell you a quick little story. You probably have had experiences like this yourself. Back, oh my gosh, 
40 years ago. I don't want to think about it. It was a long time ago. It wasn't 40, but it was a long time ago, 30 some odd years ago. I was working as a solopreneur, if you will. I was, I was a musician in New York City, playing in bands and playing in clubs and teaching piano and working at churches and Brooklyn Society for Ethical Culture. I was their music director. And, um, you know, I did whatever it took to make money as a musician. And much of my, much of my money making came from teaching, teaching piano lessons and teaching at a conservatory, the Brooklyn Conservatory of Music. And one day, somewhere around April 14th, <laughs> it was probably around April 10th. I'm exaggerating slightly, but getting on towards April, I realized I needed to pay some taxes. And, you know, working at the conservatory in various places, I had, I had records, I've been keeping records and things, but uh, didn't have much money. If you've ever known a professional musician, it's it's a rare professional musician who actually makes money um, to speak of. But um, yeah, the old joke, uh, how do you, what do you call a guitarist who broke up with his girlfriend? Homeless. So yeah, I was a pianist, so I, I wasn't homeless, but I certainly didn't have much money at the end of the month. Anyway, so I had to pay taxes and I, I filled, oh, well, that's, that's how hard is that? I, anybody can do that. So I, I got the forms, I filled them out. And then at the, when I added it all up, it said I owed something like, you know, $4,000 or something. It's it's like, I don't have that kind of money. And, and I've been paying some taxes on my, you know, pays check from the conservatory, et cetera. I didn't believe that I really owed them anything, but according to my calculations, I did. So I said, well, this can't be right. So I, I, I went to a guy. I'm sure many of you go to a guy or a gal or a person or a whatever. You go to a service, somebody who does your taxes for you. If you're smart, you probably do. Because I discovered something that time is when I went to this guy and it cost me like $125, which was a lot of money. But I said, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to pony it up and see what happens. And gosh, it was great. Cause I, instead of owing like $4,000, I got back like $800. So I paid this guy 125 and I don't know these numbers. It's something like this. Um, it was a long time ago. Trust me. I got back a significant amount of money for paying this guy significant but not by comparison you know it's it's kind of like this advertising advertising it's all about return on investment isn't it it's all about return on investment my friend harlan has used this example before you know how much is it worth to do an ad it depends on how much you get back if if i was you know standing on the street corner handing out ten dollar bills is that a good investment probably not but what if I was handing out $20, $10 bills and every time I did that, somebody else gave me a $20 bill? I'd be handing out a lot of $10 bills, right? So that's what return on investment is. It's like, what does it get you for doing that investment? For me, hiring that guy got me some really good returns. That's what you always want to be asking. I don't know about you. I, I'm not perhaps very good at Facebook advertising. I don't know. I have not gotten very much response from Facebook ads. 
personally, I haven't. Maybe I'm just not doing them right. I'm, I'll continue to investigate. And the question is, what does work for you? Now, one thing I did learn from Tony Robbins is success leaves clues. So if you know somebody else who is doing it well, well, guess what? They're not doing it in secret. They're not doing it in secret. Look at their ads. Look what's working. Look what they're doing. You can emulate them. You can model them. You can do what they're doing and you'll likely get similar kind of results. So the, the, the theme today that I'd like to just leave you with is that as solopreneurs, we are kind of like Joe, the mechanic. We are overworked technicians. So at some time during the week, we need to stop and stop, you know, running around, putting out fires and stop and say, hey, how do we make this better? How do we work on our business, not just simply in the business? That uh, Sunday night uh, term I stole from Tony Robbins, my hour of power might be a way that you can do it as well. I don't do an hour of power the way Tony Robbins described it in one of his tapes many, many years ago. But I, I spend an hour or so on, on the business. Generally speaking, Sunday nights doesn't always have to be that, but that's, it's, it's useful to set aside a time that you know this is when you're going to do it, whenever that might be for you. The consistency really helps a lot to get it actually done, to actually do it. So find some ways that you can do that for yourself to, you know, make your business uh, a true entrepreneurial enterprise. Thanks for listening. See you next time. Well, that's our show for today. Thank you so much for joining me. If you want any more information about today's show, please visit our website at www.essentialcoachingskills.com. Be sure to tune in again next week for our next episode and discover even more about the systems and the secrets that set the best apart.